The Anne Dawson Refuse to be categorized the podcast. And today for something a little bit special, um, I have a special guest, a very special guest. Uh, I have my lovely assistant, Cedar, who is joining us today. Hi, Cedar. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Look at you. Like the only repeat uh, guest after <laughs> 100 episodes. I mean, I only had maybe three guests. So, um, but still. To- yes. <laughs> it's an honor. It's a true honor. It is. Um, so we thought we would record this podcast to talk about something very important. And what we mean by something very important, we mean TV. <laughs> TV shows. Yep. They exactly. are the um, yeah. And me and Zita have been obsessing about the two same shows. And so we thought, you know what? Instead of us just like spending most of our work week discussing them, why don't we turn it into work time and just record a podcast? About <laughs> it? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly so- it. Did you want to share what two TV shows we'll be discussing today in this high-powered, dramatic, professional podcast? Absolutely. So it will come as no surprise to anyone if they follow Leonie's blogs and particularly the daily emails. Um, but we are going to be talking about the amazing show that is Alone. Yeah. And we will also be talking... <laughs> And we will also be talking about the other amazing show that is Bridgerton. Well, like, I think we're only human in watching Bridgerton. It is the most streamed episode, like, TV show in all of history. Um, and for good reason. Like, fuck a duck, it's great. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, Tiger King who, really, at this point? Yeah. Who, what, what, is, what is even that? Um, yeah. So let's start with Alone. So... Um, for those who don't know what alone is, did you want to try and describe it to them? Sure. So uh, alone is a reality TV series that is unlike any reality TV series that I've ever watched. It yeah. is not produced in the same way that most reality TV shows are produced. It's very, it comes across as very genuine. So basically the premise of the show is that I think it's usually 10 people who are like amateur survivalists so they're not like pros they're not experts but they're also not uh like you and me who would die within about three minutes of being in a forest with (laughs) without any snacks um (laughs) but um yeah they get dropped off um 10 people get dropped off they're at a far enough distance from each other that they never see each other they are truly alone uh, out in the wilderness they've done um they've done Vancouver Island they've done Patagonia um and those are the two seasons that I've seen but I think you're a bit ahead of me but seen, yeah it's basically just I've yep. seen Mongolia as well and I think Ooh. that's oh and then I've done also the polar circle one which was very dramatic and very good <laughs> Ooh, okay yeah. cool but they've yes, back only to- done they loop back yeah, to the okay. island quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that seems to be the shittest of places for people to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love that. I'm glad that you enunciated that it is a reality TV show like none other because, like, you know, as soon as you go, yeah, it is reality TV, but you're like, but, 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 
it's so much more than that because there's no people drama because they're not with they're only with themselves and so it's actually like a psychological drama yeah very much so there's extreme psychological physical and spiritual elements to the show that I mean I've seen every single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians I've seen every single episode of Jersey Shore I find reality tv a great way for my brain to shut up so I quite enjoy reality tv um I'm aware that it's quite problematic, um, but it is just a way for my ADHD brain to stop the buzz, which I find helpful. And so um, when you told me about Alone and you were like reality TV, I was like, oh, I wonder how that'll work. Like, cause I'm not a fan of Survivor. And I assumed that it would kind of be a bit like that, like very produced camera yeah. crews everywhere. It's really just a game show with kind of a fancy island set how is this going to work? But this is not like that at all. This is absolutely genuine. Yeah, and we should say there's no camera crews that are filming the people. They are filming themselves. Yes. Um, and so there's a yeah. there's some cameras that are kind of set up all the time, like the ones on their tents at nighttime, just to see if they can, ca- like if they see any animals and bears and shit around their tents. Yeah, the game cameras, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then they've always got like a GoPro on them. And so they, they're seeing absolutely no one. There is no producers. They do, however, have a buzz out button so that if they become um, really injured um, or they just want to go home, they can call in help and um, they and they will get chopped, chop it in. Uh, interestingly, I don't think you've watched this one, Seats. I think it's in another season. There's a dude. Who, I don't mind for spoilers, so tell okay. me everything. You, you don't, and you won't know who it is, but there's a dude in a very, very cold place and his, um, <laughs> his cabin sets on fire in the middle of the night and they actually can't get in. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so <gasps> he escapes out of it, but he has no protection overnight and it's like hypothermic levels. Um, <gasps> so they actually can't rescue him until first light because it's too dangerous to go in. So, um, yeah, it's pretty Shit. intense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, and I like, imagine... It's, it's I imagine the legal documents there. that they have to sign oh. would be ridiculous. Through the roof because there's absolutely a very real danger that they'll die while they're there. Mm-hmm. Sure. High stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, there's, there's, you know, there are predators there. Um, and like Vancouver Island, for instance, has like the most amount of like cougar and bear attacks, I think, in North America. And they are like right in the fucking berry forest with them, with like a mere time. Yeah. It- it's like Vancouver Island has like the most number of cougars per square meter or something. And like the only two things that I would do well at if I was on alone would be a filming myself. I'm great with technology. It's part of the job description. I would nail that. They wouldn't need to te- send me to any of the training to use the cameras. I'd figure it out. No dramas. I would get killed by a big cat purely because I would see a cat and get very excited and start going because I love cats so much. Every time I see a cougar on the screen for alone, I'm like, oh, a cat. (laughs) You have like no danger rating on you. You're like, this is great. Not for cats. Yeah. No. 
Yeah. Useless. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, so I always really enjoy like, and you and me, like we have some good chuckles when we are watching and like the really like up themselves guys that are like, yeah, I'm good now this fucking competition. Um, it's all in the mindset. And I'm so strong and I'm a police officer. Rah, rah, rah. And oh, then God. they're the ones that like leave within like one night because they're actually just too scared. It is truly my favorite thing um, because I am no, I am under no illusions. Like I could not survive out there. I could not do what they're doing. So it is just, but at least I am honest and open about that. I that is that is a failing of mine. Sure, I can't survive in the woods. Bit awkward given that I've just bought a house in the woods, but that's neither here nor there. It's a cabin. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got running water and electricity. We'll be right. But it is just so funny to me that there's a whole lot of like macho-ness, like masquerading, and it's usually the white guys who just walk out there. And in the season that I just watched, which is season three, one of the guys uh, spent the whole time being incredibly condescending around people who build things. Oh, yes constantly like you got to conserve calories um and then makes fun of people and he I think he figures out like how many calories he'll burn every like step that he takes so he he just gets up in the morning lights his fire and then sits in a chair and is and then is gets like I'm really bored because he gets bored it's so he gets bored it's just so funny because he, the first time he missed his family, he wanted to go home immediately and then immediately went home after spending however many days just dunking on people for being like, you can't think of your loved ones. You've got to not burn your calories. And the thing that killed me, I actually wrote this down because this is just the ultimate like white man thing to say about nature and, and somewhere of like pristine beauty as he was leaving, he said, I never saw this as my home. I saw it as a cheap apartment. Oh, ew. And I was, I was like, yeah, no wonder you were like the second or third to leave or whatever. Like, are you serious? Oh my God. He was, yeah, he was genuinely gross. I did. I was worried that he was going to win because he was being so strategic. Um, yeah. So it really, I, I really laughed um, when he did. Win. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I have many lols written in capital letters in my notes under his name. <laughs> You're like, suck it. Suck it, Tolga. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm all, I always love when they have female participants because females do it completely differently and they <gasps> oh can have these God, yes. hugely spiritual relationships with the land and um, they just do beautiful work out there. It brings me to tears. It's it's stunning. My like the person that I desperately wanted to win season three, and I, I will say that if you are wanting to watch alone and you are wanting no spoilers, this maybe isn't the podcast for you. Yeah, well, we are just spoiler central. We should just call this spoiler central the podcast. Yes, pretty much. But my favorite person in season three was Callie, and she was the one who got the spider bites. Do you remember her? Oh, it's. Yes, yes. And then she like healed them with like herbal shit, right? 
Yeah, she just made like a, is it like a poultice or something? Yes, like yeah, she, the poultice. She yeah. just like found a heap of herbs and was like, yeah, I'll just, she just like pulled her pants down. She had all these nasty looking bites on her thigh and her bum. And she was like, yeah, I'm in quite a bit of pain. And I think I've been bitten by this particular spider. Meanwhile, up on the screen comes up like all these details about this spider that's like bites can take months to heal and can cause like, paralysis and toxic shock and sepsis and death and I'm like she knows all this and she's like yeah I'll just see if my herbs will work and they fucking did she healed herself within like a week I was stunned and she quickly became my favorite after that because holy shit she was full-blown amazing I love like there's some there's been a few herbal healers on the program now and they're just riveting because they can look at the landscape and see in a completely different way um whereas like the guys were all like i'm just gonna get myself like a really big game and then i'll be right um and then they have like <laughs> crippling indigestion and stuff and then all the chicks are out yeah. there like eating like greens and stuff it is bizarre how different the approaches are yes I will say the winner of season three, Fowler, he cracked me up because towards the end he was like, yeah, I I haven't caught a fish in a while. He's like, I, the thing that lets me down out here is not knowing about plants. Um, and so he managed to find some like dandelions and then he found something else and he's like, I don't, I don't know what these are because it's coming into winter and the heads have dropped off them. So I'm just going to assume that they're, they're like roots that I can eat. And I was like, dude you're gonna fucking die <laughs> what are you doing and he ate them and he was like he was obviously missing his family but the way they like showed the footage cracked me up because he said they taste like carrots and then he burst into tears crying carrot situation I thought he was gonna go out on that when he was having a crisis over carrots so did I but I think it was more he was like I'm so hungry and I was like oh can't even imagine but yeah that cracked me up I like I like full props to him though because like even though like you know I so wanted a woman to win that episode um that yep. series like I can't like you know even he could have known a bit more about fucking herbal stuff but he made amazing shit while he was out there like his home was beautiful and yeah. he crafted everything yeah he really did like his um eventual like because he started off with a temporary shelter that I think he stayed in for like a month and then he made this because they had access to like wild growing bamboo and so he made this amazing like hut and what's really cool is every time they make a trap or they make they use some sort of technique they actually um the they put up on the screen which indigenous tribe or which peoples it has originated from and where it was first like who it was created by, which mm. I think is really, really important to kind of give that credit to like, yeah. hey, this trap was from this particular tribe or this particular people, like really, really important. And I really like that. You know what amazed me, right, is that because, you know, usually they're out there for like the longest ones are out there for about three months or so. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so touch and go the whole way through and, for me, I, it just makes me absolutely marvel at the success of the human species to survive. Like the ingenuity yes. for us to survive is insane. 
Yes. Uh, I think about that every time I watch it because I'm like, how did we get from that to where we are now? Mm. Like my brain can't comprehend that because this is all I've ever known. It's, yeah, and it's mind-boggling. That, yeah, and the fact that we, like, I feel like it, it returns us to our roots in a way in that this is actually how humans were made and born and yeah. how we've lived for almost our entire existence is through subsistence and on the land and harvesting the land. Um, and so yeah. it's a very new invention that we're disconnected from it. So, I don't know, it really returns us home to that and makes us just think, wow. Fuck me, it's is amazing that we've actually lived for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been like it's ridiculous to think about the fact that like you know, not even a few hundred years ago was completely different. Like mm. we do, obviously there was no running water to houses for the most part. There was no electricity, there was like for a lot of people, there weren't houses. Like it's just, yeah, it it boggles my mind. At least, yeah, it it's just I can't imagine it. The closest I've come to it is like playing survival in Minecraft, and that's about it, really. <laughs> my kids say that's really tricky, so I think you should be proud of yourself. It is tricky. Oh, okay, I'm glad they relate. <laughs> I do think, like, as well, like. Because I've never, I don't come from a hunting family and, of course, like hunting's not as like big yes. in Australia as it is maybe over in, a, in America. Um, but it yes. definitely gave me a whole new level of respect for the skills associated with um, hunting and trapping and gathering. Um, and yes. that's what it kind of relates back to our heritage. Definitely. And I really liked how pretty, I think pretty much all of them, every time they caught like a live animal, whether it be um, like a fish or a bird or even like insects and slugs, they always thanked the animal. Yeah. Which I thought was, yeah, that kind of gratitude practice, which I thought was just a really nice touch because we live in such an age now where, you know, everything is mass produced, mass consumed and and mass slaughtered and, you know, not always in the most humane way possible either. And so it was really nice to see people really appreciating what the land was giving them. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, I don't know if it, even, oh, if it was a gratitude practice, just that they were so overcome with emotion uh, like, yeah. just, you know, they would cry and weep over bodies and say, thank you, thank you, and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you for giving your life for me. Um, yeah. Because they got what a huge difference it would make to their bodies. I should say if you're a vegan, you may find this show quite triggering. Yes, and they do have warnings at the start of the episodes, at least uh, where we watch them online, yes. which is on SBS demand yeah. for Australians. But they do have warnings saying that, like, you know, there's some animal content that may upset some viewers. So it's definitely worth being aware of that because, um, yeah, it, it is quite graphic. Like I've had to turn away a few times. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I like we actually watch it with our kids and um, – and my, you know, I check in with my kids. We're like, are you are you comfortable with this? You don't have to watch this part yeah. where they're, you know, going to be 
um, killing an animal and then, um, you know, butchering it and turning it into food. Mm. I think it's important yes. that they know. And also, like, like I grew up on a cattle property. We butchered cattle at home ourselves and ate it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we would, our dogs would walk around for weeks afterwards just kind of so big because they've eaten all of the guts out of the <laughs> after we've Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's important that my kids understand where shit comes from, you know, like they're not going to have the same visceral experiences that I had as a kid, but they still need yep. to know, like, this is actually how it works. Um, this Definitely. is your responsibility to know how it works. What yeah, fascinated absolutely. me, right, was that like realizing there's kind of a total lack of agriculture in those certain situations, like it really is like hunting and gathering. You can't get like it's very hard to get like legumes or grain or you know any of those kinds yeah. of crops. And um, so you're really just, just stuck with you know meat, fish, and maybe greens if you can find it and know what to pick. Yep. Yeah. It because I sort of I was thinking like I wonder if like they would be able to like cultivate like a bit of a hot house if that was mm. possible and then like grow some you know whether even if it's just weeds like dandelions that mm. are edible like but it just seems so inhospitable and so like you know not to quote the guy who's like conserve calories but they really do have to conserve calories by a certain point because like I remember one guy was like, yeah, I haven't had fish in four days, so I've just eaten like some dandelions that I could find, but I was eating mushrooms, but they've all gone because there's frost on the ground. And I was like, how did we even get to a point where we could farm? Mm. Like, how did we know yeah, how to foods? How did we like have all of that technology, like as in like the real technology of knowing when things would, you know, grow and then how to preserve them yeah and just even just knowing like oh if I smoke fish I can make a fish last months like yes I know without refrigeration like yeah mind-boggling I I we should also say as well that people are allowed to take 10 items with them that like they can't take any guns um they're allowed to take a bow and arrow if they want to um they can have fishing hooks they have a first aid kit a knife an axe um they're very like it's it's a very small unit of what they're allowed fishing line and then they kind of make traps and they're also allowed if they find anything on the land or in the water around them they can use that but it's like slim pickings yes yes they there are I suspect quite a lot of like closed loopholes that I would try to find like, okay, cool. So I'm going to bring my hunting dog, a mattress and a generator. They don't think they'd let that happen. <laughs> hunting dog. That's great. Yeah. I was like most fascinated. Uh, I don't know if they have, do they have wolverines on um, Vancouver Island? Or maybe I'm thinking of one of the other episodes in, I think it had wolverines. that I recall. Because those ones are just creepy motherfuckers. They'll just come into your tents and eat all your shit. It's intense. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. I just really, I really liked uh, on Vancouver Island their experience with uh, the bears. 
and oh how God. in order to scare the bears off, they'd just be like, hi, bear, hello, bear, hello, bear. And the bears would be like, holy fuck, and bolt. <laughs> they speak it. Apex predator. <laughs> apex predator. Yes. Yeah, so oh, my God, that's the siren call of an apex predator. Hi, bear. Hello, Hi, bear. bear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love it. But yeah, the cougars do like, I mean, I joke about them being cats and loving them and I do love them, but I suspect if I, if they, if I was in the wild, I would be very, very frightened. Oh, um, it's terrifying. And I don't understand why they think Australia is so dangerous. Like, yes, we have a lot of dangerous jellyfish and snakes and spiders and stuff, but we don't have the big shit. We don't have the bears. We don't have wolves. We don't have like, cougars we don't have any of that shit we're kind of the apex predator except for the very small very dangerous ones well that's what i was saying to my housemate the other day i was like our probably like top dangerous animal would be like i mean you've got crocodiles oh sorry like them they are mostly up north and it's kind of like just don't go swimming in the water holes where there are signs saying don't go swimming in the water holes and you'll probably be okay and then cassowaries oh yes yeah they are kind of murder birds but they're not too bad like they'll just fuck off like you could just say hey cassowary and they probably fuck off i think yeah and they're also one person who died from cassowaries and they were actually trying to shoot it with a bow and arrow <laughs> of course they were Jesus yeah, yeah I know um I but yeah I was like I was saying that to my housemate the other day because I was like Americans particularly Americans are like you know Australia is like filled with like these poisonous and venomous animals that are just out to get you and I'm like yeah but I can go through a walk like I can go through a forest on a walk for three hours not that I ever would but I could <laughs> and the worst that would happen to me is that I would come out with maybe a leech I do that in America and I'm dealing with like coyotes, wolves, wolverines, cougars, panthers, like good grief. Good grief. No, thank you. And kind regards. Yeah, Um, exactly. So to round off like our alone discussion, like I think for me, the way the cinematography is, the way the fact Mm. that like, oh God, the door just slammed. Oh my God. That was just like being on alone. It was so terrifying. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, oh my God. It's like battered all of the thoughts out of my mind. Uh, But the fact that there's no voices on there, like there is no host, there is no like Jeff from Survivor, like narrating everything. All it is is just these people by themselves and it is quiet and it has this beautiful kind of soundtrack behind it and really quite cinematic um, images of, Mm. Um, what the weather's doing and how the landscape looks. And I just found it a very beautiful, moving meditation on on nature and our connection to it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's it almost feels like going outside without having to go outside, which if you are still in lockdown, might be the perfect salve of an evening. Um watch alone because you will kind of feel like you're there because it's really no bullshit no holds barred just what it says on the tin yes uh we will say like pro tip don't start at season one start at season three and then keep going up from that 
Um, Season one and two, they were still kind of like trying to work out the format and it's not as like beautifully produced and cinema, you know, cinematographic, whatever, something. Cinematographic. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I started with season one and just to kind of get my bearings. um, And then I skipped to season three, which definitely had like, and obviously by that point, the show's format had proved popular and profitable, meaning that they obviously had a slightly bigger budget um, so that, you know, the production value is even better. But having said that, season one is still enjoyable. But, yeah, there is no – you do not need to start from the start. So if there's a particular place that you're really interested in watching, like if you feel particularly connected to Patagonia or to Mongolia or to wherever else they go, you can absolutely start from wherever you like. Yeah. There is – they are alone in every – episode except they did one season where it was two people together like uh like family members that did it and I honestly oh, didn't find it right. you did tell me. as enjoyable as just like them actually being genuinely alone because I like kind yeah. of the idea of like how do you be like how can you be stoic and how can you um find your own inner resolve and um yeah be your own best friend during this deep yeah isolation I feel like the part of me that really enjoys reality shows such as Jersey Shore with the significant interpersonal drama (laughs) would probably would probably really enjoy uh the couples one because like also like the psychologist in me having done a bachelor's of psychology and a master's and whatever like I'm just gonna sit there and watch and be like yes Yes, watch this communication breakdown. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible like, thing to say, I think but... you should treat yourself to that next, honestly, because yeah. there was some gold in there. Um, and I started watching it by myself and then the kids and my husband were like, oh, are you watching alone? Oh, no, we'll start watching it too. And then all of them were like, oh, my God, do these brothers actually talk to each other the whole time like this? And I said, yes, they do. <laughs> My kids are like, why do they hate each other so much? I'm like, they're very stressed. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, for that season, do you think they should have gone on a survival course or a conflict management course? Which would have fared them better? Who knows? Oh, tricky to know. Um, And this... No, I don't want to give you a spoiler. Yeah, no, I'll I'll give a mini spoiler in that... Watch the couples one because you will start laughing about someone leaving um, very quickly. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah it's it's excellent. a new high, and by a new high, I mean a new low point. In <laughs> <laughs> how yep. quickly someone's like, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. That'd be me. <laughs> That'd be me. I'd be like, I've looked at a few photos of the forest and it looks really beautiful and aesthetic and I'm going to go out there and have a really nice cottage core time. I would be out there for about four hours and I'd be like, mm, I'm cold and I'm very sore. Um, I'm ready to be airlifted out. Thank you very much. Yeah, you'd be like, mm, I've made a terrible mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I can't wait to hear what you think of like your perspective on the relationships episode because it is great um, i'm gonna have to watch that next speaking of relationships bridget oh yes 
Oh, Bridgerton. Hey, Bridgerton. Uh, for those who haven't seen Bridgerton, Zeets, do you want to give them the, the review? Oh, so Bridgerton is like, if you could have a show that is the polar opposite of Alone, <laughs> it is Bridgerton. <laughs> it is incredibly indulgent. It is fictional. It is just delectable in every sense. So... I guess the main overview is that it follows kind of one family, the Bridgertons, and their sort of interactions with the world. It's set in, I guess, I think it's set in like the early 1800s, but it's a fictional 1800s where um, everyone is extremely colourful. It is not like your Pride and Prejudice or um, your Emmas or anything like that. It's extremely flamboyant. Um, It's wonderfully diverse which is fabulous and the point of the show is basically following uh two young people a man and a woman who meet and decide that they will uh pretend to date essentially to secure her a better hand in marriage than what she's currently being offered uh but they kind of fall in love with each other instead and shenanigans ensue and by shenanigans, you mean quite um, vivid uh, scenes of lovemaking. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the show opens with two people boning against a tree. Yeah. So- just with an ass, like right there, just an absolute ass. And then he's turned around. Just and like, a bum. I'm, wait- I'm late for a meeting. Got to run. And the, the poor servant's just standing there kind of like, this is the fourth time I've had to put up with this this week. Like, yeah. it's yeah. a hell of a show. It's very funny. It's very engaging. Um, and it's based on a book series too, which I believe you've started reading. Uh, have I ever? Um, so it is, so like full, <laughs> full disclosure, um, I have read a lot of Regency romance books, which is absolutely what this category falls into. Um, if you mm-hmm. listen to my big, shut up, Cedar, um, my biggest <laughs> podcast, you'll like, know that it's not the only romance I'm into because clearly I'm very into um, a lot of gay erotica <laughs> too. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> That was like the highlight of my career. Oh my god! <laughs> was you being like, "Hang on, what do you mean you get emails?" <laughs> and me being like, "Let me screenshot and show you." That email is saved. I've saved that email. I have that forever. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I am actually like, just my face has gone so bright red. It's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny and so horrifying all at once. Anyway, um, if you guys <laughs> don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back and listen to the My Most Embarrassing Mistake podcast because it is a whole fucking thing. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of you have listened to it because a lot of you wrote in and said you fucking wet your pants laughing. So I'm glad that my horrifying mistake has proved such amusement for so many. <laughs> I'm so pleased. So like beyond, pleased. please. Beyond. <laughs> beyond. Um, 
So uh, Regency Rome, so Julia Quinn, it's actually a series of eight books and it follows the love stories of all eight children. Um, so um, we've started with the eldest daughter's love story and then, like, they've already commissioned the next, like, eight series or whatever um, mm. so that they can do the whole family. I think I've read up to number five um, because we don't get to see the younger children as much anymore, like as much yet. But I'm interested to see how their characters develop over time and then get to like oh. read their love story and then watch it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, I have been, I, it's like pro tip, guys. It's such a beautifully created show and it is very like colourful, like the outfits are quite, it's sort of like right. the outfits but like, on speed like a lot a lot mm. um there's a lot of shiny satin in like fluoro yellow yes yes it's it's gold um it's like well it's not actually gold but yes it's it's golden um <laughs> but i went to the dentist the other day and they were like did you want to watch anything on netflix while you get this procedure done and i was like yes i want to watch bridget <laughs> Um, and the dentist was like, good choice, gold choice, like, well done. Um, but the, the dental hygienist who was in her 60s had never heard of it, and she kept looking up to watch um, the show, and then she was <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh, did you know that they were doing this in this show? And I was like, yes, this is great. Like, it's the best pain relief ever. That is excellent. I would not have the confidence to do that. I would just be like oh no it's okay like just put on whatever you want to watch <laughs> oh my gosh no just take control of the situation and expose like new new things for them you know like I think it's important that people <laughs> have our and sexual awakening um yes it's so much better than like 50 shades of gray kind of shit like just get on with some Ugh. good old boning regency style yes yeah. Yes, it is very fun. Um, I think the thing that I like really liked about Bridgerton was obviously so it's based on a book, but the creator of the TV series is Shonda Rhimes, who did Grey's Anatomy and a couple of other shows, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But um, she just is like does like just amazing inclusivity with different like um different sexualities and different races and it's just an incredibly refreshing experience because most regency romances and regency dramas that are televised are all like an, an entire white cast yes so it's just wonderful to have a black male lead um and just other black characters the queen is black like it's just it is really really refreshing and really enjoyable to watch it, it's almost like looking into um an alternate reality of how the world could have been without white supremacy. yeah and it's a beautiful yeah. world to have been in. I mean there is still some kind of elements of racism that weave their way in there because their freedom is like in the TV series is only kind of newfound. Um, yes. Yeah. But um, it's yeah. a very interesting diversion of history. Yeah. 
yeah, and I'm excited. Like, I, I hope she doesn't stay um, completely true just for the rest of the books. Like, I would love to see, um, like, LGBTQIA plus stories like being yes. told in there in a much more predominant way. I hope it's not just like plain heterosexual relationships the whole way through, like as hot as the sex scenes like have been up to this point. Like I would yeah. love to see some more stuff happening, especially with that like second eldest brother, the artist who ends up at like kind of gay, gay like gay gangbangs and stuff. Like, like I'd swingers love parties, yeah. Explore his sexuality a bit more. Yeah, I would too. That would be fascinating and just excellent representation like mm. give me more representation please mm. so hopefully fingers crossed fingers crossed because i would love to see that brother like end up fucking that artist like that would be oh. i think i i think it would be great i think if we could have like simon and daphne's like relationship like you know that spearhead through the entire first season if we could have that but a queer relationship that Mm. would be fabulous because too often queer relationships in media are tragic yeah um yeah and it's exhausting it is exhausting to see a reflection of oneself constantly never getting a happy ending whether it's Mm one of them dies or it's you know broke that mountain is a classic example of that like that mm. is a it's a brilliant film i i really like it it is tragic and i've only ever been able to watch it once because mm. it's just it reflects a reality that is too familiar to a lot of lgbtqia plus people mm. and it is also just people want to watch media not always but a lot of people want to watch media to escape and it is very hard to escape when the stories told about you are a reflection of a tragedy or just negativity so yeah I I really hope that we get a love a queer love story um in Bridgerton because I think that would be just oh I would welcome it with open arms tickety boo it would just be tickety boo um, yeah. I would love, like, my favourite character, hands down, is Eloise. Yep, okay. Who's your favourite character? Simon. Adorable, yeah. I love Simon. Yeah, he's just he's just a beautiful autist, you know? Um, I just want to, yeah, I just, I'm like, you, I just want to be your friend. You need oh. a friend. Like, oh. <laughs> like, like no like I don't want to get anything out of it I don't want your money like I I just think you need someone to talk to um so that you can learn to better communicate with your wife please (laughs) the psych in you is really coming out (laughs) I just want to give you therapy but in a really like genuine consensual way please thank you beautiful I just (laughs) love like the the vivacity of Eloise and um I just I think she would be a great gay character as well that's what I'm kind of hoping too like I would love that she just how disinterested she is in like social events and you know the coming of age like stuff um I like I kind of really like relate to her in a sense because like I 
I went to like our debutante balls, but I never did them. Like I went as a guest. I I just could not fathom personally being interested in like going to a debutante ball in when I was 17 and wearing the white dresses and dancing and being on parade. I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And so I would love to see that like blossom into an exploration of her sexuality as it did for me because that would be 10 out of 10 representation (laughs) noise noise I didn't I didn't go to my prom I didn't I didn't do a prom either I went as a guest as well um I think I just decided it was like too much like too much of a time uh commitment to learn how to dance and stuff and I thought (gasps) oh no thank you wow yuck that's how I felt like, cause they, it was like, okay, cool. You have to start like going to lessons every Thursday night um, for like four months before yeah. oh. the Deb. And I was like, good grief. My assistant, my younger sister did it and she's a dancer. So she like took to it like a duck takes to water. Like, and mm. she's, she was stunning. She loved it. She enjoyed it. I went to her Deb. Um, I think it was not last year, but the year before. And it's just, I think, as is the case with anything, if you want to do it, you're going to have a great time. Whereas if you don't want to do it, you're not going to have a great time. Yeah. And if you just think that's, that's a poor use of my product, my productivity, my productive output, like I, yeah, I was like, this OP is not going to get itself. Like I'm going to have, yeah, that's how we count it in Queensland is um, our finishing score. And my finishing yep. score wasn't going to take into account four months worth of dance lessons. So fuck. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yes. Yuck. I just, so yeah, I would, I would love to see Eloise maybe start like a writing career of her own. Yes. Like just, or, or even like open her own detective agency. Like, cause she spends so long trying to find, figure out who Mrs. Whistledown is like Ooh, yes. <gasps> Lady Whistledown. Sorry. Yeah, I would. I they've got so many wonderful options to take these kind of almost like leftover characters now that they're finished with Simon and Daphne's story as a whole. I am really excited to see what avenues they take these other characters and and what happens to them. Same, same. It's going to be hot as fuck, and plus it's going to be just more fodder for me to go to the dentist with. So that'll be just really helpful to me. <laughs> I mean, the incentive to go to the dentist, which let's be honest, everyone needs incentive to go exactly. to the dentist. So exactly, and if it's going to horrify some, you know, some boomer, um, yay, even better. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can get away with going to the dentist and being like, "Yeah, could you please put on this true crime documentary?" Thanks. I don't think oh. I don't think I can get away with that. <laughs> the ultimate in relaxation for you, Zeets. It is, and it's terrible. <laughs> but, Look, you didn't commit the true crime, so therefore it's fine. You got to pass. No. Yeah, I just yeah, I got to pass. Thank you. <laughs> Now, um, we won't give away who Miss Whistledown, Mrs. Whistledown is. Did you know who it was before the end of the season? Uh, yes, because I Googled it. Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean when I say I don't mind spoilers because most of the time I spoil myself, partly because growing up with, like, as I was mentioning before, like such shit queer media, I can't cope with tragic oh, endings, tragic backstories. 
So anytime I pick up a book that is like a love story or an adventure or anything like that, you can be damn sure that I go to the Wikipedia page and I go find my favorite character that might be in it or the main character. So I look at their alive or dead status. I look at what happened. I'm like, absolutely not. I am not investing my precious emotional energy. (laughs) I get it. I get yeah. it. I, I feel exactly the same way with most movies. Like if if there's a bad ending, like I'm not I'm not here for it. I don't have time for that. Like I'm I'll be fucking miserable for days. So no. Yeah. I mean to, to kind of like really roast myself, I had to go to therapy for the ending of Avengers Endgame because it oh. upset me so much. Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't cope. No, you can't. <laughs> sometimes like I still think about like you know somebody like fucking my girl like that still haunts me what a horrible movie what a horrible movie I forgot about my girl oh I'm so sorry for reminding you (laughs) look into therapy now yeah (laughs) grief yeah but yes so um I I looked it up purely because I was curious um and yeah, it was it was not what I was expecting. I was very surprised. And I think I might have picked it by like the second last episode. Right. But yeah, I, had, um, I had no clue, but I'm like oblivious like constantly. So that is not a surprise. Like I'm the worst detective on earth. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like somebody could be stabbing me and I'll be like, um something feels itchy. Like what's like happening? who What's happening? Who's doing this? Where am I? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, that can't be happening. That's that's not supposed to happen like that. Um, <laughs> and then, are you sure you really want to do that? Oh, that's. But you get in trouble. Like that would make. Really <laughs> oh. So um yeah no I've, I'm fucking clueless. So I I was stunned when it came out. I was like oh. <laughs> funny righto well we've got to go do shit and be cool and watch some more tv yeah we do yeah god it's so hard being us i know what a tough (laughs) job (laughs) thank you for joining me on talking shit about alone and bridget i'm so glad we finally got this off our chest and now we can move on more seasons yeah, thank you so much. We'll have to we'll have to start like a Google Doc of all the shows that we uh, love. Yes. See where the crossover is and then recommend each other a show. Oh my god. Yes, plus. Yes, plus. Yeah. Um guys, if you want more TV shit like this, you should email us. That's the only way we know what you like and what you don't like. Yes. Um, so if you want some more of this, you need to email us. Supports at leonidawson.com. Um Sorry, it's just support at leonidawson.com, not with an S on the end. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, and we should say it is April. You know what that means. Prices double at the end of this month for three of the most popular programs. So uh, you need to get in now, leonidawson.com forward slash double. Do not email Zeta on the 1st of May and say, oh, I forgot, because we'll say too bad, so sad. Uh, we gave you like yeah. a book to an notice and no, we're not going to reopen cards for you to get the cheaper price just because you're being a bit lazy. Yeah. I'm ter- I am a big people pleaser, but we got to draw the line there. I um, can't, can't do that. 
yeah, we've got to have a boundary. And that's the boundary. We've given you a month. So if you want them, you should get them. All right. This has been fun. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.